Hello again. Just like that, my last day of chemo came and went. It was perfect. I mean, as far as chemo goes, I could not have asked for a better send-off. I knew from the start of this journey that I had a primal urge. I wanted to be surrounded by women, strong women. No offense to all the lovely men out there, but I wanted my soul sisters. I think I wanted them because there's this unspoken support you can feel with women in times of challenge. At least I can. I wanted my red tent. My husband's four cousins, who are all sisters, came into the city for the occasion. All of them are fun, creative, grounded ladies. And while I'm not their biological sister, they've always treated me as though I am. I knew those four ladies were the people I wanted by my side as I finished treatment. Whenever I had challenges in the past, one of the sisters always had my back. Whether it was coping with anxiety, parenting frustrations, or some other bump in the road of life, I knew I'd get support from one of these women. And I'm so grateful they were there. The day began with me heading down to the Josie Roberts Breast Cancer Center where I'd spent every other Thursday for the past three months. I went by myself, but Michael planned to meet me later with his cousins. As always, I was greeted by the stoic security guard, Frank, then headed over to the front desk, where they held my beach bag, literally it's a beach bag, of goodies. Everything I could possibly need for a five-hour chemo treatment. Trail mix, adult coloring books, magazines, thank you notes, a toasted everything bagel with butter, and bottled water. Next, for the last and final time, I got my blood drawn to make sure my platelet levels were high enough to receive treatment. I didn't always have the same nurse draw my blood, but was lucky enough to have Dylan on my last few treatment days. He'd taken my blood pressure and weight and placed a hot pack on my left finger to get it ready to be pricked. Dylan is a great talker, which I like, since it keeps my mind off any worry or fear that can creep in about the upcoming treatment. We dive deep into a discussion about the Netflix series The Crown, and he clued me in on all the little inaccuracies. Dylan fact-checks everything he watches. On the day of my last treatment, instead of having any dark thoughts creep into my mind, I suddenly found myself in deep discussion about the episode where the Queen's art curator ends up being a Russian spy. Dylan talked with me about an article he had read in Esquire that dove deep into the shady character, explaining that when Margaret Thatcher became prime minister, she was the one who outed this Russian spy. As he talked, I closed my eyes, since I don't like needles and would rather not know when blood is being drawn. After my blood work, I headed up to the second floor to the treatment area and waited. I saw Jane. She's another breast cancer patient receiving treatment. At the time, she had two more treatments left. We developed a bond these past few months while we waited for our names to be called before infusions. Jane has the appearance and quiet demeanor of a librarian. So when she shared her Spotify cancer playlist, I was surprised to hear Sing for the Moment by Eminem on it. You never know. The waiting room is quiet, spacious, and filled with light. Think of a three- or four-star hotel with a large lobby. 
except it's filled with various women waiting for chemo treatment, specifically for breast cancer. The waiting area was actually donated by Paul and Linda McCartney. Linda passed a breast cancer. Well, I don't know every woman waiting for treatment. I got to know many of the other patients. If you have to get chemo, it's nice. It's nice to share a kind of we're all in this together type spirit. As I was waiting, I saw one of the women enter the room that I've gotten to know very well, Michelle. She reminded me this was her last day too. She's very outgoing and has been through this rodeo twice. She loves my trail mix and I offer her some every time we receive treatments. In fact, on my last day, she asked, you got that good nut mix? We exchanged phone numbers and hugged. She high-fived me and excitedly said, we did it. I felt like I was in the last stretch of a marathon, even though I've never run one. I heard Michael's cousins before I even saw them. Wherever these ladies go, it's a party, and they're so vivacious. They can make walking through a parking lot feel like a parade. My name was called by the same sweet man, bun-wearing attendant, with a calm Buddha-like demeanor. Sometimes he's behind the desk checking patients in, but often he'd have a clipboard in hand while he brought patients back to their treatment suites. I introduced him to Michael's cousins, and he ushered us into the same treatment suite I was in for the very first treatment. Talk about coming full circle. My nurse for this treatment was Ray, a guy with a great sense of humor who had been with me on an infusion day more than once. I liked having the same nurse on treatment day. You begin to develop a bond with these nurses. There's something soothing about a routine, especially when it's with the same supportive and funny nurses. There's limited seating area in the treatment suite, so the cousins all took turns sharing a single chair. I got myself settled in, pulled out my snacks, took out my soft blankie with the positive affirmations on it, and of course, my sticky notes that have the words healing medicine and golden elixir healing my body written on them. They're placed on the chemo bags one last time. My feet and hands were ready to be iced for four plus hours and my nails were all painted black to help avoid nail bed lifting. If you're wondering how I knew to do this, yes, I did read almost every chemo blog offering tips for navigating this world. The TV was on and showing another marathon of friends. It was the episode where Phoebe gives Monica a bad haircut. Cousin Joanne knew the episode. Like, word for word, knew the episode. It was more fun watching her watch the episode than actually watching the episode. <laughs> Since the cousins are not from New York City, they'd done some shopping. It was a good distraction to hear about their ventures to Michael Kors, the cool sneakers they'd purchased, and the cab driver they'd befriended. They make friends with everyone, I swear. They sat with me as I received the infusion, got me snacks, and commented how lovely the private treatment suites were. We held hands at the end of my infusion, and each woman offered words of encouragement, prayers, and incantations that all would be well. I cried. I released, and I gave thanks for the experience that chemo and cancer brought to me. Why give thanks for something so frightening and painful? Well, when I was little, I used to pray to a God outside of myself. 
I'd make wishes and picture some old man up in the sky determining what was good and what was bad about the world. Now I no longer view God as something or someone outside of myself. I'm not even sure if God is an accurate word. Perhaps there's no word. What I do know is there's a force within me and within all of us that guides us, supports us, and can ease all our fears. Through the process of chemo, I received the gift of getting up close and personal with uncertainty, the gift of fear, and the gift of learning to release all the day-to-day necessities I thought I needed. I met what I felt to be my God. I got to see God all around and got to feel God within me. I finally felt in tune with myself, which I had no idea would become a lifeline for me again, this time during a pandemic. But I'll get to that in my next episode. I'm Tina Zaremba. I'm searching for strength, grace, and trust. You've been listening to Chemo Stories.